Hello, Internet. We're the Roach Sisters. I'm Sammy Roach. I'm Jody Roach. This is Podcast Free Roscoe, the fourth episode of Podcast Free Roscoe, where we're going to be recapping Canadian classic Radio Free Roscoe, episode four, Radio Wars, where we get some full-on rivalry between Radio Free Roscoe and Cougar Radio happening. Yeah, there's some really fun dynamics in this one, some fun stories, and um, some kind of fun expansion of Kim and her role in the show and waller's role in the show yes the dynamic there so this one aired august 8th 2003 directed by chris grismer and written by doug McGrath. you want to dive in let's go i like it it reminds me of winter you know but too ply the school's been tp'd once again, we start the episode in the cafeteria, and there's toilet paper everywhere. This tiny cafeteria. I haven't seen a job like this since the London TP Brigade when I was at the academy. The academy. Like, it's just, like, so vaguely, yeah. like, posh. They're trying to, like, sneak in these, like, little bits about Travis, but they don't tell you anything about yeah. him. Just that he's been to an academy of some sort. An academy for killing yes. a man. So we find out that the school has been TP'd by pranksters for peace. Like, what's, what's the goal here? <laughs> I, I don't know. I truly don't. And, like, they, they say it like this is a, a regular thing. Like, these these pranksters just do this all the time. How, how did... What? What? <laughs> Why? Yeah, like, what's... what's How is this peacekeeping? It's so wasteful. Yeah. <laughs> pranksters for peace are behind climate change. <laughs> Someone's been spreading the good word. That would be me. It's amazing what you can get away with when you volunteer as a PTA chair stacker. Whatever the fuck that means. How big is he the gets... PTA that so they need to get somebody to stack chairs? Okay, this boy gets volunteer hours. Okay, assuming that this follows the Ontario like high school mandate of having <laughs> to get 40 volunteer hours to graduate. Yeah. Is he getting them just by stacking chairs? How many hours of chair stacking is he doing? And I feel like we established a couple episodes ago that like... The last time Travis postered the school, he just slept there. Yeah. He didn't have to do any extra work for yeah. it. Did he get found out? Somebody find his little hidey hole? Where does Travis live? Yeah, where does Travis live? I don't know anything about Travis. No, just that he's been to an academy. Good morning to you. This is Kim Carlisle, and you're listening to Sunny Side Up. We really, really need to start coming to school later. Which leads me to, to wonder why they're here yeah just hanging out there's so many people in this teepeed cafeteria yeah just hanging out before class starts you know to be how long to be fair i i actually did this a lot in high school you went to a weird high school i i did go to a weird (laughs) high school but we would fully be sitting in the cafeteria like playing card games and stuff before school started Maybe it's, but, but there are so many people here. There's like so it feels like people. the full school is here. Like you definitely didn't have like a full school of people in the cafeteria before. Yeah. And also, I mean, their cafeteria does defy space and time because it is so small. It's, for how many it's got like eight tables. Yeah. I will also say one other note on the pranksters for peace is that Travis recognizes them as the pranksters for peace. Mm-hmm. And he is like the newcomer. Yeah. So they must be active enough. That Travis is aware. Yeah. How many pranks are these boys pulling? Right? And how have they not been suspended? <laughs> All ads placed on the bulletin board must have an official office stamp on it. I don't care if it's your granny's bake sale or laying radio free Roscoe flyer. If it doesn't have a little happy face stamp on it, it's coming down. Which is how, like, any institution works. Yeah. That's, like, what did they think was going to happen? Yeah. 
you can't just put things up in a, an institution, like an educational institution, mm-hmm. unchecked. Yeah. It's no, having it approved. What do you think fair. is going to happen? Right after Kim says, you know, it's against the rules to have RFR posters up, Principal Waller tears a bunch down with the most malice. Yeah. <laughs> he grabs like three at once and yeah. crumples his like fist around. Yes. He basically claws the posters off the wall. That's today's show. Yo and hello, this is still Kim Carlisle. This just in, I'm a moron. It's so hard to establish how the school works because so Ray makes a one-off Kim Carlisle uh, impression in the cafeteria. Cut to the radio show, ostensibly after school, because they go on air at four, <laughs> and Ray, his whole bit is doing a Kim Carlisle impression while Kim Carlisle's on the air in a school full of people. What yeah, is happening? There's a ton of students just outside the radio station. I don't quite know why. Is there a reason for them to all be just like, are they waiting for something at the radio station? And the no suggestive t shirt ban is still in effect. And in case you're wondering, Cruz like titty is still suggested. And then Waller comes over wearing headphones, listening to RFR, which is wild. But also, I would like to say that they made a tit joke, and that's pretty great. They did. On the oh, family Canada. channel. On the family channel. Yeah. Nice tit joke. If this had been a real broadcast, you'd be in a coma right now. So here's something that will keep you awake. I just thought you should Please. Like, I care what a few slacker kids think of me. It is funny that RFR is on, like, the forefront of indie rock, and then you just go full ska. Yeah, (laughs) there's so much ska in this soundtrack. Now it's your chance to spew with our new segment called... Gripe of the Day! Over at RFR, they decide to turn this bit into a segment called Gripe of the Day, where callers can... Just talk and voice the com- complaint and vent. And one of them calls in and says he doesn't like the feeling of people at stores assuming that he's going to steal, which is a very relatable thing. I yeah, definitely felt that 100%. as a teenager. Yeah. But he phrases it as, doesn't mean I'm going to stuff microwave burritos into my parka. <laughs> <laughs> Just the phrase, stuffing microwave burritos into the parka can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't no. like it. I don't like it either. What are you doing? Taking a picture? I'm chronicling the RFR years. I'm guessing you take more pictures than get phone calls. Oh, man. I remember taking photos on, like, my old cell phone. Oh, so bad. I love that Travis says he's chronicling the RFR years on this shitty flip phone. Today on Midday Medicine, we're going to kick things off with a new segment called... That sounds very familiar. Cougar Radio's broadcast starts up for the day, and Kim's basically ripped off the Gripe of the Day segment and somehow managed to steal Lily's guitar riff with perfect fidelity to use for her segment called Beef to Shore. Yeah. And I think my favorite part of that riff. Yeah. She would have recorded it off the radio, which, and it wouldn't sound like that. But I think one of my favorite bits about this, like, new Kim, new segment is you can tell she's rebelling because she's wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> it's definitely making Waller freak out. Yeah, you know he's freaking out because he's eating with chopsticks and only Travis is allowed to do that because yeah. he's from Hong Kong. Yeah, it's it's a topsy-turvy world. Oh, Jesus. Okay, the lines are open. I also really like that her doing this segment, she didn't plan anything out to pad it. She just says, the lines are open. 
And then, like, every five seconds is like, hello? <laughs> Anyone gonna call me? <laughs> so, uh, the RFR crew sneaks off to a stairwell where they call Kim to call her out on her bullshit. Ray calls first and says that he's frustrated because he doesn't have any choice. Kim ends the phone call and says, get that student a rubber room and a straitjacket. Which you can't say. No, you can't, you can't say, say that. that. Could you say that in 2003? But also, like, just, like, from the fact that this is a high school, that's okay with Waller, but all the other shit isn't? All right. I feel like, I feel like Waller is making, like, the longest trip from his office to the radio station. They're, like, right next to each other. <laughs> and I also like that, like, she she says rubber room and straitjacket with an implication that, like, this person is insane. For not conforming. For for literally just being like, can you turn off the radio? I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie calls in as question mark. The name's question mark. DJ from 88.1. Radio Free Roscoe. And we cut to the cafeteria and there's people jumping and cheering. Yeah, like, come on. How how many people in the high school realistically listen to RFR? You're definitely not going to get the entire school population listening to this, like, indie radio station. Unless they're all, like, a school of hipsters and then Kim Carlisle and Ed and Ted. Um, the four food groups. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I love the fact that they're in a stairwell in a busy school. It's very open. Yeah. And Robbie just kind of reveals that he's question mark. Well, and it reveals that he's in the school because he's listening to yeah. to Cougar Radio. Yeah. Ah, crooked. Whipped cream and cookie. Best of both worlds. What is Kim playing? I know. I think she's losing it. Cut to the radio station. Ray's putting whipped cream on cookies and stuff. And then he chases Lily around with it. And they're like fighting over this can. And they share this moment where they just kind of look at each other. But it's also, like, a very good 14-year-old moment of yeah. just being like, look, I'm funny. I got whipped cream in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's really Robbie, good. like, loses it laughing. Yeah, really hard, and I'm like, that, very feels, cute. that feels very good. This is the last time I am doing this. You ever try carrying a pizza while riding a bike? I feel like this is, this is like, they sent the new guy to go get the pizza. And yeah. Travis comes in with a helmet, having biked with the pizza. So the pizza's everywhere. But it's, like, so messed up yeah. in a way that makes, like, no sense. It looks like it's not a full pizza. Yeah, right? It looks like it's, like, five pieces of pizza. And also, when you get a pizza, they don't, like, fully cut it most of the time mm -hmm. you know it's like separating the slices still takes a little bit of effort yeah but it's like all very separate slices that look very old i think we need to do like a test oh my god <laughs> realistic physics and oh radio free roscoe they're putting whipped cream on pizza now which is just like that's a lot of dairy it's a lot of dairy that's like, like your nightmare dairy. yeah i'd be shitting out my life <laughs> Shit out live. <laughs> Next on Talent Free Roscoe, we have a song by our very own Shoddy Lame. It's called Self Indulgent Garbage. Hit it, Shoddy. That's it. She's going down, way down. So Kim launches her own attack on RFR, does a segment on the show parodying all of them, and plays a song by Shoddy Lane. And the guitars in it sound so much like the Shags. They do! Oh my gosh. Yeah, here's some more niche content for you. Not not Canadian, but from Wichita, Kansas. The Shags were this, like, 
band of sisters in the 60s. Basically, their dad was somehow convinced he was going to turn them into, like, a superstar teen rock band. But none of them could actually play their instruments or sing. It It's very psychedelic, as it were. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lily is angrily writing song lyrics on the pizza box. So dramatic. I love it. She puts the song together incredibly quickly, too. Yeah. Kim's kind of bragging, kind of gloating, feeling really good about her segment. Waller walks in holding his niece's toy radio. Chunky toy radio. giant, like, yellow, green, and blue toy radio. It's adorable, but he's, like, kind of, like, cuddling it and just kind of, like, leans back and looks at her and turns on the dial. As if he's just been listening on that radio for for a long time. Why does he have it? Why does he need it? We gotta admit, I gave it to them good. This next song is for you, Kim. We know you're out there. We can feel a cold wind blowing. Or maybe not. What they've started listening to is basically a call-out song that, like you say, Lily composed rapidly. This is the story of Kim Carlisle, 108 on your radio dial. She gets straight A's, but here's the deal. Half of what she says is stuff she steals. I couldn't help but notice she says Kim gets straight A's. But again, we never see Kim in class. She just lives in the radio station. Yeah. What does Kim do that isn't this? She's yeah. always there. We know that this is like past, it's four o'clock or later yeah. at this point, but she was also there in the morning. Yeah. She's there at various other parts of the day. I, I just, I have so many questions about the time commitment of this goddamn thing. But like a fun, catchy little song. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, Lily's a legit musician. She's a legit musician, and she's having a fun time because she doesn't have to worry about the stage fright. Yeah. She seems so good. That's that's so true. We love Lily. That's the takeaway of this episode, is that Lily's great. Lily's great. Yeah. That's, like, kind of the series. Yeah. Lily's great. I like Lily. So... Uh, now it's time for a CanCon commercial break, and boy, I am so excited about what we're going to talk about today, because uh, we're talking about PJ Katie's farm. It aired from around 1995 to 1996. It was a YTV in-house show, one of their first in-house shows they ever produced, and it featured PJ Katie. Uh, so the PJs, which stands for program jockeys, were kind of the hosts of various like shows or in-between show segments on YTV. I never made that connection before. Yeah. I thought her name was just PJ Katie. Yeah, no, there was PJ Phil and PJ Jen. Actually, PJ Katie's name is Jennifer, but there was already a PJ Jen, so she had to be PJ Katie. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> um, there's this amazing article that we'll have to link somewhere from the Torontoist called The Oral History of 1990s YTV. And they basically got to talk with a lot of the PJs who That's were on amazing. at the time. It is so good. And Jennifer recalls, uh, I was an actress. I wanted to do Broadway. I had no interest in television at all. And then I remember I was babysitting during my second year at Hummer College. I was living in London babysitting as a summer job and i see pj ashna come up on tv while i'm babysitting i'm like oh my god i could totally do that fast forward a year later i got the edition and i got the job and i started working with them what isn't that cool that's wild i love it and as far as how the farm was born what i could find was again from this torontoist article according to jennifer and pj phil 
So this is this is Jennifer's sort of account. Um, she says, they put me on camera for eight to ten minutes at a time, live, by myself, the second week I was there. Like, I didn't have puppets. I didn't have any somebody else with me. I didn't even have a producer with me. Everybody was doing the alley, this thing they were shooting on the weekends. So I was left with Egghead, my audio switcher guy in the booth, and the guy on camera, and me. I'm like, okay, I've got ten minutes to fill. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? So I started playing. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so PJ Katie's farm was like they were like these ten minute segments where PJ was PJ Katie was dressed up as this farmer and she had this like barn set up and she had all these little Crayola model magic animals. There was like a cow and a dog and a horse. Phil Guerrero had this to say about PJ Katie herself. She was this crazy actress. She was really cool and we were all friends. All the on-air people hung out. She's really talented, a really out there performer. There's a little bit of sass, a little bit of the insecure sass, but all performers are. If you look at PJ Katie's farm, that's all her, all those ideas. It's brilliant. She's pulling from another universe to make that happen. She's like reaching out into the planets to pull it down and bring it to the show. She could do it for hours. I love it. I just like the show is so good and there's it's so hard to find any of it. Melvana bought the rates to it in 1998 apparently, but they haven't done anything with it. All the episodes were done in like one take. PJ Katie did all the voices and it's just very it's so there's like no budget. <laughs> so it's just Katie moving the animals around, making them talk to each other. Things would happen like I remember there's this one clip you can find on YouTube where she accidentally knocks over the wheat silo on the farm so the animals went over and started eating all of the grass and all of the hay on the farm and the silo fell over in a big gust of wind so you just would have to like make stuff up on the go because they weren't going to like stop and re-record anything um unfortunately jennifer's not acting anymore but she was in a news article about getting married in nova scotia during hurricane arthur five years ago what? <laughs> yeah it's great it's like this video about hurricane arthur approaching nova scotia but she and her husband were getting married that weekend and they were gonna go with it anyway oh despite the hurricane yeah That's it's terrifying. really yeah but they're all good now in fact her husband posted a photo of her hosting the show on the subreddit old school cool a couple years ago and according to him uh it was ytv's first ever in-house show which then spawned their other channel treehouse oh. so this was one of the foundational things that got what? treehouse going what um and also according to him the farm is long gone but i put all the animals into a custom-made shadow box for her last christmas i'm still trying to complete the gift by buying the rights back to the actual show so her husband is like the biggest fan of PJ oh, Katie's farm. It is so cute. That that's beautiful. That makes my heart so happy. Right? That's so sweet. Yeah. And then there was another post uh, that he shared where he said, this isn't real yet, but it's something he's working on. It's a PJ Katie pinball machine. What? Yeah. Of all the things. Yes. Oh my God. So he's made like this digital mock-up of a PJ Katie's farm pinball machine. And it's just, it's adorable how much uh, Jennifer's husband, I think his name is Kevin, um, just supports PJ Katie's farm. On one of these Reddit posts, there's a comment that just says, please tell her she's one of the reasons I'm in the industry. Oh, right. Oh, PJ Katie, we love you. And uh, on this post about the pinball machine, the top comment is from PJ Fresh Phil. Can't wait to see if this becomes a reality, PJ Katie's husband. So 
PJ Phil's on Reddit. <laughs> There's actually, this is from a really fun subreddit I stumbled upon while doing some reading about the show. It's r slash YTV retro. And it's just people sharing their memories of retro YTV. Oh my God. It's a lot of fun. And people have put things up too, where it's just like, they've retrieved things from VHS tapes. So when they taped shows, so they'll have an episode of a show with all the commercials intact. So highly recommend if you want a uh, a walk down memory lane. I really hope PJKD's husband can get the rights or something because I would love to see a re-release of this show. Oh my god! It was so it was such a it was such a big thing, and our dad absolutely loved it. Yeah, because it's just so it's no budget, improvised. Like Jennifer herself is like. It's like what Phil said. She's just pulling stuff out of the air and yeah. going with it. And she it's had just, such... It's chaotic, but it's so fun. Oh, it is. And she had such distinct character voices for for each farm animal. And there were so many of them. And uh, the theme song was wonderful, where she introduces all the characters. And then it would always start off... Like, she always had, she had this very unique intro for every episode. It'd be like, you are here! Like that in the intro, the horse napping is on its back. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, just dead. fucking dead. He's taking the big nap. How's oh, he gonna man. get up? How's he gonna get up? Uh but yeah, I would love to see this re-release someday, and I know I'm not the only one. It's so heartwarming to see, like, on the different Reddit communities. There's a lot of love out there for PJ Katie's farm. So Jennifer, just know that your work was so much appreciated and uh, Mr. PJ Katie, get on those rights. <laughs> we need PJ Katie's farm back in some form or another. Yeah, that's our CanCon commercial break. And I don't have a six degrees because there's like one person who worked on the show and she doesn't <laughs> act anymore. So <laughs> it's very hard to find anything about it. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's not even an IMDb page, which is a travesty. Yeah, Nelvana, give give those rights to PJ Katie's husband. Yeah, he deserves it. He puts so much love into the show. Into that pinball machine. Into that pinball machine. I'd buy that pinball machine, Kevin. <laughs> if your name is Kevin, I'm pretty sure it's Kevin. Hang on. I have the link to the article. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew. I've been calling you Kevin this whole time. <laughs> I just opened the freaking article at the beginning of this. Andrew Grantham. Grantham. Grantham? Grantham gum. <laughs> Our national Grantham. Um... Jennifer Racicott, Jennifer Grantham, whatever you go by now, you're a national hero, so thank you. Hi, it's Kim Carlisle. I need a favor. And by favor, I mean you do this or your parents find out what really happened to the car. Jumping back into the second half, we have another big ska moment. Yeah, real ska-heavy episode. Hey guys, check it out. People are actually reading the Oracle. While the pranksters for peace serve time and detention, it has been learned from a reliable source that it was actually Radio Free Roscoe who was behind the toilet papering incident. I'm guessing the student that Kim called on was like the editor of the paper or something. But the thing is, so they just got framed for the TPing, right? Yeah. But the pranksters for peace were already apprehended. Yeah. And they're known as being the pranksters. Yeah. For peace. Yeah. I don't think that they would say that they were wrongly accused. They're openly the pranksters. Yeah, it's kind they of They wear it with thing. pride. Yeah. So it's a very weird thing to accuse them of when they've already apprehended people who have proudly owned up to it. Yeah, they have the MO where Arfar has no precedent of 
like causing any chaos at the school. But also in this scene, we get one of my favorite like little interactions between uh, Ray and Travis. Um, Travis corrects Ray in some overly pretentious way because of course he does. And Ray says, Strong, is it fun being you? I wouldn't say fun. Is Travis okay? Yeah, is Travis all right? I'm question marking. I'm wondering, does the credo innocent until proven guilty not exist in Roscoe High? Angry Robbie. Yeah, Robbie's pissed when they get on the air. Robbie's hella pissed. Yeah, it's they we get go to their show and it starts with them dramatically ripping the paper in half. And they all defend themselves. And then Ray says it was Kim who did it. Kim and Waller are listening to the radio. Again, a different radio, because Kim keeps like taking his radios, I guess. As if, you know, that somehow stops the She's radio. She's also from a happening. student. You know? Yeah. He can like I will give you detention if you don't yeah. return my niece's radio. Like the power dynamic between these two is very strange. It it is. And so he's now listening to like a little hand crank radio that Kim tries to destroy. <laughs> what do you have against me owning a radio? And what's with you, Travis? We just ate pancakes on Kim's grave. Sure, but I just have one question for you. Who's a reliable source? I feel like at the end of this season, we got to do like a top 10 weird Ray quotes. Yeah. Because just he'll say things as if they are common phrases as if they're idioms smart dog yeah smart dog cheese plug and now we've got reading pancakes on kim's grave so you don't actually have a reliable source so we just tried and convicted kim without any evidence look here i am pouring the syrup glug 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 wow we're no better than cougar radio so being good kids they have this like icky feeling that they've called out kim and basically done the same thing that she did to them. But wouldn't, like, anybody assume that Kim is a narc? Kim, people would totally assume Kim's a narc. She's this, like, control freak who owns the radio station. She's wearing a blazer. Yeah, she is wearing a power, powerful blazer for a 15-year-old. Yeah. That little stunt with the school newspaper really stopped them in their tracks, huh? <laughs> I didn't do that. Right. And I'd look good with a belly button ring. It's a weird thing to say to a student. That's... <laughs> real fun apparently kim gets a personal parking spot and faculty washroom privileges she's 15 she's 15 she can't drive yeah she can't drive and also no (laughs) don't don't give her faculty washroom privileges weird (laughs) creepy yeah the fuck fuck? you know every school has its troublemakers as long as our contingent thinks they're being subversive by listening to the radio, I say viva la RFR. Um, I really love this trope in, like, especially in scenes in media with principals where they give a dramatic speech while looking out a window. Yeah. Like, they'll stand up and they'll look out a window, but, like, say something incredibly important. Yeah. What kind of vista is he looking out at? Just, like, across the road. Also, what what conversation have you ever had with somebody that was so important that you needed to stand up and not look at them. And what happens when RFR does go further? Three words, Kim. Not going to happen. I'm sure that's... Yeah, I know. I know. You can go now. Waller's such a fun character. <laughs> Waller's so neurotic and he does, yeah, he does this hilarious little, like, head shake eye roll thing after Kim leaves. That's a gif right there. Yeah, I've got to gif that. You know, sir, 
I can't do this whole truce thing without you standing over my shoulder. Yes, I know you can, Kim. I just want to make sure there's a sincere awkwardness to your statement. How very kind of you, sir. And so Kim ends up delivering, you know, this very fakey Kimmy apology to RFR. It's still a truce, and by Kim calling it first, she wins. I mean, if we try anything else, we'll just end up looking like jerks. Why are you being <laughs> such a jerk? But there's still that, the RFR guys still aren't ready to let it go um, quite yet. So Travis and Ray sneak into the school after hours, which Travis probably knows how to do because he sleeps there to put up posters sometimes. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> about that, like the security of the school, because Kim yeah. could have just like stayed there. Yeah. But they, they have left the school, done their show, so it's past five o'clock. How is this getting back at Kim? It's not. Kim called a truce, and that's why our next step has to be calculated. And so they paper this big peace sign up on the Cougar radio station. We get a great slapstick moment when uh, they hear somebody shaking up a can of spray paint somewhere else in the school. They freak out and they say, run, and they run into each other. It's not fun being Travis. It's not fun being Travis. It's, it's not fun gym. having the weight of all the murder you've committed on your conscience. <laughs> this, is, this is how he knows so much about, like, tactics and things like that yeah yeah Ooh, interesting i also really appreciate so ray and and travis have their slapstick moment and then they actually try and like investigate what's going on and we get this nice little setup where travis pulls out his cell phone to take a picture of whoever's doing the spray paint and we've already established earlier in the episode that travis is just taking pictures all the time i don't know it's just one of those little things where it's it's nice to have that setup of Travis is always taking pictures with his cell phone camera. Last night, Radio Free Rockheads made their mark on our beloved walls. So we go back to school the next day. Cougar Radio is broadcasting once again. And it is revealed that the spray paint that Travis and Ray had heard last night is another bit of slander against RFR. Somebody has spray painted RFR rules onto the wall. So the crew is all crowded around Travis's little cell phone and he's going through pictures and stuff. And Waller comes in and he's, you know, threatening these major consequences. He's going to get the police involved. These agitators are a stain that needs to be removed. Trash that needs to be taken out. Travis sends the photo that he took the night before to Kim. And it turns out it's Kim who did the spray painting in this giant JPEG that isn't there's no way it could have been taken by his tiny, tiny cell phone camera. Phone. They basically give Kim the chance to back off RFR. And, you know, like, she managed to just get Waller off RFR's tail. But it still doesn't make sense that he's cool with just dropping the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's saying, like, this is vandalism. We're going to get police involved. This is serious. But as soon as he finds out it's probably not RFR, it's like... Like, if it's literally any other student, it's chill. Yeah, yeah, like, he literally says... Never mind! Have a nice day! I believe this is kind of, like, the closing act of the radio wars. Kim's taking it way too far, and Ray and Travis just happen to be in the right place at the right time. They are able to successfully call it off with the help of Travis's impossibly powerful cell phone camera. Yeah. That took, like, a really well-lit photo. We just want to take this time to say... So we close out on our RFR heroes putting together a very nice little song, basically a peace offering, asking Kim if they can give peace a try. Travis is super into playing the, the bongo backing track. Yeah. And uh, Travis can play the bongos. Yeah. Where did he pick that up? At the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bongo Academy. Give peace a try. Give peace a try. 
Let's give peace a try. Give peace a try? Not going to happen. Basically, the episode ends with Kim listening to the broadcast, and it's it's still on for her. She's still gonna still gonna fight. Yeah. So over in Mickey's discs in this episode, uh, songs featured were "Life of the Party" by the Planet Smashers, "The Anthem" by Good Charlotte, "Fully Aware, Fully Prepared" by the Pettit Project, "Looking for Direction" by Sub, "Hella Good" by No Doubt, and "Move It Up" by Mike Church. So I wanted to talk about um, "Life of the Party" by the Planet Smashers. I would say that's the song of the episode. That's uh, that's our fun ska track that we yeah. get to hear a couple of times. Lots of ska. Radio Free Ross ska, am I right? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. So the Planet Smashers are a Canadian ska punk band from Montreal, have been very successful for a long time. They formed in 1994, and according to Wikipedia, have been a staple of the Montreal music scene. Really? Uh, during the third wave of ska, did you know that there were multiple waves of ska? I didn't. I know I'm... nothing about the ska waves. The, the Wikipedia page for ska itself is broken down into Jamaican ska and then two tone, which began in the seventies in the Coventry area of England. Very interesting. And then a uh, third wave developed out of the punk scene in the eighties. Wow. Wow. Learn a lot about ska today. Planet Smashers were a successful group, uh, fit into the kind of Montreal scene with the Kingpins, the Flatliners, the know-how. Uh, yeah, and their music, it even calls out in their Wikipedia page, uh, Radio Free Roscoe, as, as being one of uh, the shows to feature their music. I love that. Um, along with The Undergrads, which was an American-Canadian adult animated sitcom. Oh my god, yeah! That sounds so familiar. Very fun. So, uh, more Canadian connections there. Uh, if you're interested in listening to the Planet Smashers, they are still putting out music. Really? They put out their ninth studio album That's this awesome. year. I wonder if they'd ever play at Sunfest here in London. How wild would that be? That would be kind of awesome. Connections. I'll show up to like the front stage of a Planet. <laughs> Planet Life of the, the Party. party. <laughs> I really like if you search a lot of these songs, because a lot of these are made by smaller brands who aren't still doing, um, you know, who aren't still performing together. So they're kind of enclosed in that like little window of early 2000s. So some of these songs, if you find them on YouTube, a lot of the comment section is people being like, I love RFR. So it's it's sweet um in terms of the connections that we we make with these songs and how they're kind of particular either to that show or to that time in our lives and how you get that kind of collective nostalgia and you definitely get that through music through this show in a way that you don't with other shows at the time like i'm nostalgic for other tv shows that were around the same time but you don't get like this sort of connection and these sort of triggers from from these other forms of media that are all intertwined. Yeah. And it's also nice to know that other people liked RFR, so there'll be an audience other than the two of us for this podcast. God, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) At least two of our friends will. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's episode four of Podcast Free Roscoe and Radio Free Roscoe. 
Um, oh, yeah. I think our quote of the episode is probably, what do you have against me owning a radio? Yeah, it's a classic. I don't know about image of the episode. I I really like that one. It's not even a still. It's the head movement that Waller does. That's yeah. got to be a gif. It's a gif of the episode. Yeah. It's a very Waller-centric. Uh, some Waller, Waller faves. Maybe uh, the, like close shot that we've got of the display of travis's phone yeah. just for the vintage factor. oh 100 percent. yeah love those love those flip phone pics i still have one of my flip phones somewhere and it's got pictures i took when i went to a muse concert oh in like yeah in like march of 2010 and they're very bad but you know i kind of wish that i still had my old phones just for like that yeah. storage yeah no it's great I hope I have, I think I still have the power adapter to it. Otherwise, there's no way I can <laughs> look at those again. But they're there somewhere. That's episode four. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This, this is, is Podcast, Podcast Free, Free Roscoe, Roscoe signing, signing off. off. I'm really glad we said that at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>